Hello and welcome to another edition of the Godfrey's Law Real Business Solutions Podcast. I'm your host Brad McDonald and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Judy Selmans. Judy, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, fantastic. And such a great, uh, lovely beaming smile. So it's good to have you on board. Thank you. Um, So for you listeners out there listening today, Judy is from a business called Thrivable Biz. And Thrivable Biz is a marketing consulting business for small businesses. Um, And I see online, Judy, you you describe yourself as a creative, insight-driven marketing professional who co-founded Thrivable Biz with your partner, Eric's. Correct. Fantastic. Um, You also say a practical, pull-no-punches, creative problem solver, a big-picture thinker who challenges the status quo, opening opportunities to work with small businesses that aspire to the next level. Wow, that's that's sounding good. I also learned online that you started dreaming up ideas for businesses in your teens, and since this time you've worked with hundreds of small businesses and operating your own successful and not so successful ventures whilst continuously learning along the way. And that takes good raw honesty to be able to put out the successes and the not so successes. And now it's your passion to help others and to share what you have learned along your path. And before I hand over to you today, Judy, for our conversation, as I'd like to finish with a quote from your website, Every business starts off as a dream. Blending that with our individual personality makes every business unique. Fantastic. I actually think that's really important Mm. because, you know, we are all individuals. So, you know, you might have a furniture shop and your neighbour might have a furniture shop, but that doesn't mean they're the same. Mm. They're Mm. different. Yes. And, And it's your personality that gets involved. And I think we often think... Well, this is the way we have to do it. We do it this way. No, you have to do it whatever way you like. Mm. You bring that creativity, you bring yourself, you bring your own personality. And, and of course, you know that with, with cultures that you set up in an organisation as well, mm-hmm. that's part of it. Yes. But I think that's what a lot of people forget. They, they fall into what I call this cookie-cutter world where we have to do it that way. No, right. you don't have to do it anyway. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting that you've you've started with that, and it was a nice segue off that quote. Um, we as lawyers, for example, and, and as business owners, but the business of law, we're continually drummed into us. What's your point of difference? What's your point of difference? Because law, like many business fields, is a crowded marketplace, right? Yep, yep. So why should someone come and see Brad McDonald at Godfrey Godfrey's Law versus Bill Smith at uh, Acme Law, for example? Yep. What is Brad's point of difference, and does that resonate with me? Yep. Yeah, and that is probably one of the biggest questions a lot of people will ask me, particularly from service industries. Yes. What does make you different? But mm-hmm. it's you. Right. It's you. It's your personality. Isn't that a little bit different? Sorry to interrupt you there, Judy. Isn't that, um, in my experience, uh, and throw the question at you, isn't that a little bit difficult for some of us Kiwis who are a little bit insular, a little bit tall poppy, a little bit shy, a little bit not so forthcoming with ourselves okay, to others? Okay, interesting question for you to ask me, given I'm an Aussie. So <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, I'll keep it all private. Uh, and gen- But I choose to live in New Zealand, so I'll yes. just add that. Right. But that's quite interesting. Culture. Actually, there are so many other influences. Yes. And, and because I have travelled and, and worked with businesses all over the world, mm-hmm. those cultural subtleties do mm. play a significant part of, of what a business is like. I remember, in fact, Eric's, my partner, was, was uh, consulting with Virgin Radio back right. in the day yes. and, and Richard Branson in the room and the whole crew, right? And he said the, the, the English austerity. Yes. So it wouldn't matter what you said. It was, oh, thank you. It was all very polite, you know. Mm-hmm. Aussies are a little more brash. 
Yes. So we'll say it as it is. Yes. In fact, my very first business meeting here, many moons ago, Eric's brought me into a meeting with with um, a Kiwi business. Right. The first thing he said was, oh, I'm really, I apologise up front, my <laughs> wife's Australian. So, yeah. He um, did a kick under the table, did he? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, it was really funny. The guys really liked it and I, it all worked. But Great. Um, it's, it's, you know, we've all got our cultural beliefs and, and all mm. of that comes into the business. Yes. But, you'll, but you can tweak that into creating your point of difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there needs to be a reason why. I, I'm a real bad one. If I'm employing a service or right. engaging or buying a bit from a business, I'll often ask them, why, why would I buy from you? Tell me why I'll buy from you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the other thing that we're going on a different track slightly a little bit here, but mm. one of the things that annoys me is, oh, because I've been in business for years. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. What does yep. that mean to me is what I want to know. Right, yes. So if you've yes. been in business for years, as Godfrey's has, for example, yep. right, and, and that's a strong position and I actually really like your website because I have gone through it. Right. But, and it's a strong reason why the longevity of Godfrey's law mm-hmm. is important. Mm. So that's what it is. So it's not that you're the best or you're the cheapest or you're the whatever, the oldest. That doesn't matter to me. Yes, what I want to know as a consumer is why is that important to me? Mm. Why does that affect my buying decision? And that is often, I think, the hardest thing for many people to, to pull apart in their mm. marketing mm. Mm. Is, is, not, is not getting hung up on the – dealing with a guy recently last this week and on his website, we're the cheapest – <laughs> OMG, really? Is that a position that you really want to own? Because yeah, firstly, that's a really, yes, correct, <laughs> and a really hard one to maintain. Yes. As you said, race to the bottom. Yeah. So, but that's, that's, you know, well, we're the best. Well, are you? Mm. Are you how do you prove that you're the best? <laughs> yeah, that's a- and, and so I would rather say I'm constantly, we constantly challenge ourselves to deliver better service. Or, yes. you know, turn it into something that's tangible mm, mm. for the person that's going to make that decision. Make them feel comfortable. Yes. There's nothing worse than when, it, when a customer leaves your shop, for whatever business it is, you need to make them feel they're happy and they've, they've got smiling inside them going, I made a great decision here. Mm. I bought a product, I've used this service and I feel really confident about that. Because I think we all, we, we all know instinctively yes. that it's important that we get them back a second time, right? Yep. So we know business. about the after-sales service. Yes. But instead, we've got into this bit of a trap with so many of them of sending out an email saying, did you like our service? And rate us one to 10, mm. bang, delete. Is that the last impression you want them to have? Don't you want them to feel really good about what your service was? And feel proud and pleased that they made a good decision mm. because your service was so good. They got a reasonable deal. They don't mind paying a little bit more because of the extra they got or whatever it is. Yes. So it's so much more. I, um, the, the whole philosophy, it, it's not about what you do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's why. It's the passion, but it's not the, your why necessarily. Okay. It's the why from the customer's perspective. Right. So why you exist to help your customers. Mm-hmm. And so that it's it's not quite as straightforward as, as it seems. It's not about saying, well, I'm in business because I, 
I'm good at what I do, I want to make money, and I, I like getting, I like helping people. Yes. Right? Yes. And yep. that's great. Yep. But it's not going to make me buy from you. No. I heard years ago, um, Judy, and I don't know if it's if it's good advice or if it still holds true. If it was then good advice, that back then it was about creating the want. What? Why do I want to come and see you, or why do I want to come and buy your product, for example? I I think um, so. So there's a couple of markets that we need to look at. So you've got yes. the person that's already about to buy whatever it is that you sell. Mm-hmm. They're looking for you. Yes. So you're top of mind or and they come and give you a try and, and that's one. Mm. But then there are people that don't know they want you yet. Right. That's yes. the majority of the market. Of course. Yep. So the they're the people market. Yeah, they're yep. the people you want to get across. Yes. So when you start talking to that audience, mm. when you start convincing them, Oh, maybe I do need that. Actually, I do, and I want to know about that. And then mm. they start talking to friends, and they're, oh, no, friends have got it. All of a sudden, you've, you've got this expanded your customer base. Mm-hmm. So it's about planting an emotional need in your mind. Yes. Um, I've got furniture on my mind at the moment because I'm dealing with a furniture client. So I'm thinking of, you know, why would you spend money on, on a more expensive piece of furniture? Mm-hmm. It's the aspirational aspect of it. Yes. It's not just the, you know, it's also the comfort. You sit on that thing that maybe you're buying a new couch or mm. a new chair and you're sitting on it every day. I mean, Eric's has got his favourite office chair. He's mm. had it for years. It actually broke down recently and I had to race it off to the doctors, <laughs> literally. <laughs> to, and Resuscitate <laughs> that. Yes, yes, very much so. It was yes. quite the work. But um, he's been sitting on that chair now for 20 years and it's wow. and it's... It's held him well, yes. clearly, because it was a it was a good quality piece of furniture in the yep. first place. So it's it's implanting that idea mm-hmm. of of that comfort of of sharing it with friends or whatever it is that you're selling. Yes. So that's the emotional connection, and we it's not actually as easy as it sounds to do. No, no. I recently uh, attended a legal conference over in Melbourne, um, in Australia. And one uh, session I went to was about marketing for law firms. And, of course, I trundled along to that because I'm on the marketing um, team, as you identified when you came in today and said good day to me. Um, and uh, the message that we got from the uh, the lady presenting that session was that, um, you know, whatever you thought marketing used to be, it's no longer, that's no longer really what it is, especially for law firms. And it's about communicating authentically with your uh, customer base, or as you've just identified, Judy, your potential latent customer yes. base, yes. and taking them on a journey uh, so they can get to know who you are and feel like, you know, calling up a law firm can be scary and intimidating for some people. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, letting them have a peek inside who you are, how you tick, your why, yep. and, and the impact behind yep. the work you do. Authenticity is probably the most important thing you can do these days. And we're almost taught that, isn't it, as individuals to be authentic, to to show our vulnerable sides a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the trouble with our digital world is you've got three seconds to do it in. Wow, three seconds. Three seconds, three to seven seconds is the top of that. That's that's your attention. That's your attention span. Yeah. From a potential customer. Exactly. So in in three to seven seconds, you've got to be able to show that you're vulnerable. Yes. And you're trustworthy (laughs) and that you solve their problem. Wow. 
Fantastic. And that they want to read on and find out a bit more about like, you. This is sounding like Tinder there for a moment, but we're not talking about <laughs> Tinder, I can assure you. <laughs> but that's the challenge today. Yes. You know, before we might have had, you know, you could have a TV show where you'd go on about the problem. So mm. the difference in producing, for example, a, a movie for TV is that the prelude, the beginning of the, the movie is a bit more about connecting with the story of, of the people who are about to go through some catastrophe of some event, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, mm-hmm. the journey of that. In a movie, you might have 15, 20 minutes to, to set, set the scene. The scene. Yeah. And, and you've got three seconds in social media. Wow. Well, that's scary. And it is scary. And, and it also comes back to your email, everything. You mm. communicate these days. You're making a decision probably the moment you saw me about, mm. you know. I thought she was a good sort, by the way, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I take every compliment I can. Uh, but, but that's the challenge now. Yes. And that's actually not easy because we want to go on about our mm. story. Mm. We want to say, share our story, but we go on a little bit too long about it or okay. or or are we not warming that audience enough? So we've got to give mm. them really quickly a reason why they want to read on and learn more about us. Okay. So I, I was another example. I was reading a, an email that a, a, a client of mine had written and drafted for a potential uh, audience to send out, right? So yes. he's got straight, cut straight to the chase this is what we do, and uh, I'm giving you something free. You know, like it was a pretty basic intro, and I went, ah, it reads beautifully. Yes. It's lovely. Yeah. You know, anyone would be happy to have written that. Mm-hmm. But am I going to pick up the phone and go, oh, I really need to see yes. this business? So was it missing a call to action? Yeah, or? well, it was, it was nothing warming me. Okay, I see. So again, looking from the target audience, in this particular instance, the target audience were doctors. Okay. Very busy people. Yes, tough crowd. Right? Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Uh, they bill, like you guys. Yes. <laughs> In increments of minutes. Yes. So good on them. Exactly. <laughs> I wish I could learn better. But seriously. Um, so you know. So if you consider that, yes. it's maybe taken them whatever time to open this envelope, read the email, if it's an mm. old snail mail, whatever it is, and and go read the first line. If it doesn't hook them, mm-hmm. if it doesn't say what's in it for them to continue reading, it's in the bin. So it doesn't matter how beautifully written this lovely letter is or advertising or anything else that you're sending out, any communications, it's got to resonate with that exact audience. Mm -hmm. That's how really niche marketing got got, became involved. I mean, you you wouldn't send, you know, you'd write it slightly differently for a doctor to to, – mum who's running a household with busy kids. So, sure. you, it, yep. you know, so it's a different introduction. So, yes. But still same thing. We've mm. all got limited amount of energy we're prepared to give to you, yes. knowing full well that you want something out of us. Yeah. You're yeah, trying to flog at something, yeah. let's be honest, yeah. right? Yeah. So I need to feel motivated as a buyer that I want to read on and, and learn more about you, mm-hmm. whether I watch your video, whether I listen to your podcast or mm. whatever it is, right? Yes. I've got to decide whether that time is worth my, you know, whether it's worth it Your for focus me. and attention and energy yeah. and limited yeah. time is yeah. it's a limited resource for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's getting to that, to that core why first, yes. hook them, yeah. and then, then take them through. And it's not about being... 
Um, this is not about you know being a, a, a newsworthy. Oh God, terms completely jumped out of my head. <laughs> um, but it, it's not about being not giving what's truthful. Yes, so this it's not is, clickbait. Thank you. Yeah. See, it just completely disappeared <laughs> on me there, Brad. Report Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, no, it's not clickbait yeah. because clickbait tends to not even relate, often doesn't even relate to what the article's yes. about. That's, yes. That drives me completely nuts yeah. in the media. Um, this is about giving them something of real value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that all sounds quite challenging, Judy. Um, and, and, and as I said before, a little bit scary for me as a business owner and someone who's involved with our marketing efforts here at the business. In terms of the people and the businesses and the leaders that you work with and the owners, um, how does a SME, small to medium-sized enterprise in New Zealand or further afield, uh, who might be struggling with their marketing or wondering if their marketing is effective uh, or are they getting bang for buck and all yep. these sorts of things, yep. what... What steps can they take? What would your recommendations be? My first step is always, uh, actually, um, this sounds a bit of a slight publicity pull, but my book. Right. In the book, we, we yep. literally mapped out the seven steps and okay. stages yes. to, to understanding your audience and even your business and how you fit into that. Yes. And the first one, and I won't go on to this one too long, but the yep. first one in my head is mindset. Uh-huh. If you are in a place of, I have this massive problem, how the bloody hell am I going to solve it? If you're a heads like that, yeah. if you're looking at the problem, yes. you ain't going to solve it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the number one step mm-hmm. is to go, where do I want to go mm. and what are the steps to take me to there? Mm-hmm. That's first. So strategizing. Yeah, but, but just not focusing on the problem. Don't put the problem on the whiteboard. So yes. many of us will sit in a meeting with maybe some of our team or just our husband and wives, right, yes. and we'll sit there and we'll stare at the problem and we'll go, oh, my God, that problem's so big. And the longer you look at it, the bigger the problem gets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So walk away from the problem. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get to it. We want to find the solution. Where do you want to go? Walk past the problem. Yes. It's interesting because I'm dyslexic. Right. So as a dyslexic... Um, when I understood what dyslexia was and what it meant for me, I've never been fixated by problems. It turns out that's a d- dyslexic talent. Oh, wow. I actually Super can, Yeah, I can yep. actually see beyond it. So yes. I've always found it really frustrating because all these people are running around in circles around me trying to fix this problem and I just go, it's just there. <laughs> it's just over there. Look, just go that way. Right. And, and wow. so it's really simple for me. Yes. So I've had to understand that, I'm I'm a minority when it comes to, you know, there are a few of us around, but mm-hmm. not everybody thinks like that. So yes. the next step is actually understanding customers. And I don't mean that your target audience is a 25 to 35-year-old female who probably lives in Fendleton or whatever, right? right. I don't mean that. Okay. I mean, I want to know what motivates that person. Yes. And the only way you can know that is to actually have a real conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. I remember saying that to a business guy once and he said, I'm talking to my cons- my customers constantly, Judy. <laughs> and he is. He was running a tyre business. Right. Mechanics and a tyres business. And, uh, and he is. He was best talker. Right. Not a great communicator, uh-huh. but a very good talker. Right. And what he thought that he was talking to customers, he was having conversations about whatever car is driving and whatever, right? He was talking. Yeah. 
He wasn't <laughs> listening. Mm. And there's such a big difference. You have to listen to the subtleties of, of what the customer actually wants. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it must be really a year ago now, I was uh, asked to dinner to solve a, a people's problems that, that, you know, like a lawyer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got deal. a quick question for yeah, you, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you just solve this problem for me? <laughs> um, anyway, it, it was fine. And I, but um, this guy shared with me his business idea. Okay. And it actually resonated with me. And I, and I went, Oh, I could see that. Well, he just blanked me out completely. And he went, no, 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 we'd have to do this. And I went, well, you missed the point. Right. The point is that's what I would do with it. Yes. How you structure the training, I don't have a problem with, mm -hmm. but that's what my outcome should be. Right. Is what I want it to be. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. but he, he had a blank. Hit a blind spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that actually happens a lot with startups. I find yes. that a lot. Yes. Because they, they, they have an idea in their head. Mm. And like any business, you know, they, you, you have an idea and you just, you're focused and that's fabulous. Yes. There's nothing like focus, right? Yeah. But, but you've got to remember a, a, a map to get you from A to B isn't a straight line. Mm. Mm. It has all sorts of curves and corners that you're going to make and all that sort of stuff, right? So. Yes. You've, you've got to, to it's understand It's more like a spaghetti that. western, Judy. Yes, <laughs> beautifully said, beautifully <laughs> said. So it, it's, it's remembering that and mm. that the customer is where who will take you on that journey. Mm -hmm. If right. the customer wants you to turn right, you turn right. Yep. Customer's always right. Well, it's not about them being right. I think that's an interesting one too, mm. actually, because the customer may not be right, Yes. But what they want and what they feel, mm -hmm. the emotional experience they want is what's going to determine whether they buy from you or not. Right. Whether they are right or wrong. Mm. Uh, I had a pet shop, um, which I talk about a bit in the book, okay. um, very long time ago. And it was one of my, my first, what I call real successful businesses. Right. And I, I learnt a lot about dealing with customers and particularly emotionally. Mm -hmm. So in those days, it was all before puppy farms, I would sell up to 60 cats and dogs a week wow. in, in Sydney. And I um, turned it into Sydney's big, busiest pet shop and we were selling more cat and dog food than anyone else in Sydney inside right. 12 months. And I did it because we built it on emotions. Mm -hmm. So it was all about building that emotional connection mm. But along come emotions, you get all sorts of other emotions coming in, right? So <laughs> you get a tidal wave sometimes. <laughs> we were open seven days a week, and my, right. my the day I disliked the most yes. was Monday mornings uh, because they emotionally bought maybe a pet. Uh -huh. I can't tell you how many people on a Monday morning would be standing out the front of the door. Often you'd have one there, and they'd want to yell at you, right? For whatever reason, yes, it, you know. And I learned really early on that it was usually something that went on in their life mm -hmm. other than that. And, and yes. I remember one in, woman in particular that I'd learned this lesson and I thought, how am I going to learn to deal with this? Mm. And, and, yes, it turned out the woman said to me, I, I don't know how I broached the subject. However I did it, she went, oh, thank you. Yes, mum's just gone into hospital late last night and I can't deal with a puppy. I said, well, just give it back to me. 
just don't play with us for the day or however many days you like. Yeah. Go and deal with mum. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. And, and she came back a few hours later and said, oh, mum's fine. Thank you so <laughs> much. Where's my baby little bubby? <laughs> and, all, and, all, and she came back in every week to buy all her food, which is how we, you know, we all did it. Yeah. Um, and build her a strong relationship. Yes. Yeah. You know. Fantastic. Yeah. Great story. Great example. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Judy, you've referenced your book, and what's the, the title of your book yeah. that you're referencing, please? Customers equals, oh, it's marketing equals, good God. <laughs> marketing equals customers plus heart. It's, right. Uh, to me, you know, marketing isn't rocket science, but it is complex. Yes. And, and the complexity comes because you're dealing with all these different types of customers. Of course, yes. That's really what marketing is. Yes. It's when you understand where the customer's heart is, mm-hmm. marketing becomes actually quite simple. Right. But understanding that process isn't something that you can do, you know, invi- over dinner won't work. Right, yeah. I'm not going to solve course, the problems course, over dinner, you know. Of course. But um, we come from a, a market research background. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of our clients, we still have a market research business yes. as well and, and do market research all over the globe for, wow. for major brands. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it's those lessons that I tap into and I, I like to read even the consumer trends, big, you know, big data sets yep. and whatever, really because what I'm trying to do is understand what makes people tick. Yes. What is the motivation they're going to have? What is the emotional feeling they're going to have when they interact with your product? Mm-hmm. Tap into that and you can then create some content and, and that whole other journey that you have to go down. Yes. But it's understanding that first. Right. Uh, and, you know, most small businesses can do this themselves. In the book we actually teach you how. Yes, so okay, fantastic. it's a full instruction on, on how to connect with your audience, how to talk to them, mm-hmm. what questions to ask them. Yes. You know, and if there's one other major issue I wanted to share, it's really that don't stop questioning. Right. Just because it's worked that way before doesn't mean it's going to work that way with a new generation of customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we look to Gen Z at the moment. Mm. Gen Z are now turning 25. Wow. Yeah, that's scary for a Gen X out of here. Exactly. So, at twenty-five, they're starting to make life decisions. Mm, of course, they've potentially yep. got a life partner they've found, yep. or or they're buying a house or a you know car. They're doing all of that sort of thing. Yes. So, what makes them tick? You have to know that. Yeah. Well. You have to know that. You've, you scared, you've scared me again today, <laughs> Judy. That's the second time. Oh, that's a bit scary. Three that's to seven scary. seconds to get people's attention, and now we've got to know what makes Gen Zers tick. Yeah, well, you do, because <laughs> yes. that's actually going to shape. There's some really interesting things going on with them. Uh, their nostalgia is quite fascinating to me. Uh-huh. So they're going back to... I see all these kids walking around in the Nirvana T-shirts, which makes me <laughs> as a Gen X a crack up Absolutely. when I was there the first time around. But, you know, look, I, with all seriousness and no disrespect to that generation, that's just history repeating itself, which yeah, we've yeah. seen time and time again. Yeah. What was previously cool comes back around again and yeah, it will go it out does. again. Yep, fashion yep. And, and music, music is largely fashion as well. That's right. Because um, we work with the media and yes. Eric, works with market research and media in particular, uh, the amount of songs now mm. that so part of his job is picking the right next hit right. for each different format uh-huh. and genres of music, right? So yes. different formats of radio stations. And, uh, and it's fascinating. I was talking about this the other day and I said, so what are you going to do normally 
he's produced in his past what he calls a year calendar, so uh-huh. a, a, like a, a personality genre calendar. Right. So he could say, that person's 40, that's the music they're going to listen to. <laughs> Good so l- what are you going to do now? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, because they're literally, as you just said, they're listening to stuff that, yep. that I like and yes. I ain't 40, so yeah. I'm not 25. <laughs> so that's cool. And it's, yeah. But that's fascinating. It is, yeah. It so is there's, there's a whole different twist, and but yes. yeah, and there's lots of things that they're going back to. Yes, um, and it's a fascinating world actually at the moment, mm. and you know, so but you have to know this stuff. Yes, if you're marketing, and even if you're not marketing to 25 year olds, which five years away, and they'll be 30, mm. right? So you've got to prepare for this stuff. Yes, and it means you have to keep an eye on what the next generation is doing. You can't put your head in the sand and go. Oh, my target audience is 50 to 60-year-olds, mm. for example. Well, mm. that changes constantly. Mm. Every year another generation gets into that age bracket. Yes. What are you doing to shift your business and understand their needs because yes. they are different? I'm reading a, a, a very old and well-known in some circles book at the moment by Alvin Toffler, Future Shock. Yep. It's a book I've always wanted to read all my life and I finally picked it up. And I'm just in the early stages of the book, but he was talking about brands in America. This is we're going back to the '60s and '70s. Uh, you know, uh, we're aware that their products might have a shelf life of one, two, five, ten years maximum, and they actually plan for that. Yeah. So that's obviously having a very close eye on the market yeah. and actually knowing well what we're doing today yeah. is not necessarily going to cut it tomorrow, let alone next year. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that, but we don't do that. So many mm. small businesses get into their their comfort. Yes. You know, right. they, they know what they're doing. Yep. They've been doing it for ages. Yes. They love it. Yes. Or they don't. Yep. Whatever. They're <laughs> yeah, just doing it. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and they, they get stuck in that way. And yes. I think that's the biggest risk to small business mm. is that. Mm. It's their mentality. Mm-hmm. You cannot stop growing. You cannot no. stop being curious. And you cannot yeah. stop asking and involving your customers. Right. It's constant. Constant, yeah. I like that um, because um, I once heard uh, someone who heard Richie McCaw talk, you know, great all yeah. black, former All Black captain. Uh, what made him su- the question was what made him such a good leader? Yeah. Uh, and, and the answer that was given was he always remained curious. Yes. And he always kept asking questions. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah, which I find very inspiring. Yeah. And I think that resonates yeah. with me in terms of what you've just yeah. said there about your marketing yeah. vibe. Yeah. 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 It's again in the book we talk about yes. how to ask questions. Um, you know, what are the sort of questions you need to keep asking mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and why that's so important. But it but it really is about tapping into the future. Yes. Oh, you know, we, do any of us expect to be doing what we're doing today the same way? in another 10 years' time? No, I don't think so, Judy. I hope not. No. Because no. if you expect to do that, yes. I think that's where you're going to get yourself into trouble. Yes. So, you know, it, yeah. it, and it happens slowly mm. because it's, you know, it's like we used to do a lot of work in innovation. Then I realised small businesses are frightened of the word. Yes. Um, so we change it. It's, it's really more like incremental improvements. Mm-hmm. And those incremental improvements come yes. from constantly communicating with customers and yes. just identifying what's changing in their world. Yep. I mean, COVID was the biggest significant impact on this generation. Yep. Well, probably, hopefully. Globally, yes. Never happen again, right? Yeah, yeah. Black, swan, black swan event, as they call it. Absolutely. Yep. So, and that changed the way we thought and did. And we all pivoted yes, we did. to fit. 
I started, Every single I started one out doing webinars, which then inspired this podcast there after we came back after lockdown. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, we all did our thing, right? Mm. But in a way, we should be doing that constantly. Yes. And it's not, it's not about upsetting, because a lot of people don't like change, right? So that's no, I don't scary know many thing. people that like it, actually. <laughs> well, probably me, because I, I, that, I, I get so excited and inspired by change. Yes. So I'm, I'm a bit of a weird person, so that's accepted. Right. Um, in our household, it's accepted. Yes. I will often go into Eric's and I'll go, I've got this idea, and he'll, I can see his brain going, oh, no. <laughs> Another <laughs> what one. What does that mean? <laughs> um, so it's but, – but we have to have that still that level of curiosity, as yes. she said, right? So it's – it's just going, how can we make it even better? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How can we improve what we're doing? Yes. What are, you know, the customers that came in a month ago, are they still happy to come in every day? What yeah. would they like differently? Yes, yes. You know, look at your audience. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I can usually see it because, again, I, I just it's just the way my brain works. And I'm also mm-hmm. outside of most businesses. So it's yeah, easier for me to go in and, and go, oh, you could, uh, yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> just do this. But we can do that ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We can do it ourselves, but you just have to follow that. Just keep asking, keep being curious. Yes. Talk to your customers. Yes. Not about the weather, about what... <laughs> Unless the weather affects your business. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're a farmer, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Judy, before we wrap up today, can you just um, restate the name of your book, please, for the listeners? Yeah, um, Marketing Equals Customers Plus Heart. Marketing Equals Customers Plus Heart. On our website. Yes, and so I've got that written down here, which is www.thrivablebiz, B-I-Z, thrivablebiz, all one word, dot com. Yep. And I know from having a poke around that website, there's a heck of a lot of um, uh, tools and uh, materials and uh, inspiration there for uh, business owners and people in business out there to look at in terms of your your and Eric's wealth of experience in the marketing field and profession. Yep. So there's a, there's a lot to digest on there and a lot to have a go and have a look at if you're yeah, searching thanks, for man. some inspiration. Yeah, look, our whole thing is about sharing the knowledge, really, in yes. the end. It's just helping people, you know, yes. uh, and and whether that's read the book, go through some of my podcasts, my own podcasts, or or um, my YouTube videos. Good cool. grief! And um, there's ebooks. There's oh my, you right. There's lots so of different many channels. Different things, yeah, um, to suit everyone's learning style. Fantastic! Well, that's cool. You know, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, no, I like that because we all do have different learning styles, and yes. so that's that's very cool. And look, I encourage you to go and have a look. And I look, I've. I could talk to you probably for hours, I think. Sadly, we don't have that time available today. But, um, Judy, thank you so much for joining you, me Brad. on the podcast. I've really enjoyed talking with you and uh, hearing about all your wisdom and experience in this field and getting some inspiration and also being scared out of my, my shoes a little bit by a couple of facts that you've given us. Um, but, you know, it's a, I think what I've learned is it's a constant process, a constant evolution, a striving striving to thrive really yeah and, that, and that's quite a that's what a, we want a theme of this podcast actually is striving yes. to thrive uh and it's an ongoing uh, work in progress Judy. absolutely thank you so much brad yeah amazing thank you and thank you once again to our listeners for listening to this edition of the godfrey's law real business solutions podcast it's been a pleasure having you on board with us once again and i'm your host brad mcdonald many thanks <laughs>